Welcome to The Coconut Connection, a podcast where we share our cultural views about various topics to inform, empower, and hopefully entertain with humor. In other words, it's cheaper than therapy. I'm your host, Jade Fox. And I'm G Supreme. Baby Yodas we are, Jedis we are not. Yet. All right. Welcome to another episode of Coconut Connection. Hello, hello. All right. Updates for this week. I want to say that working from home, and we just did an ep- like an episode about working from home. And um, I think, you know, this is what, like, the this is upcoming almost the 12th week of a school at home. And it's just been... It's you could tell it's, it's it feels like at work where it's like oh no we're hitting that like mark like you're just tired it's like a marathon right it's like you're 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 hitting the wall you know they call mile twenty two is the wall like your body can physically do no more but you have to push yourself for like four more miles four point six miles and I've actually physically done a marathon and it feels this way it's a wall and it's like you're just mentally pushing yourself <laughs> through it like you know that you can't go no more but you have to <laughs> physically push physically actually mentally push yourself it's a mental thing that's how i've been feeling like this past week oh well, for me it's been it's been an easy week you know thank god it's been um kind of like we mentioned i feel like i've settled into like the routine and i kind of I kind of give myself more of a break. I'm not so, I wasn't so strict on myself this week in terms of, oh my gosh, I got, I got to clock in. I got to have this open and I, I got to clock out and do, you know what? It's, it gets done. I've been doing it. It's not an issue. So it kind of was a bit of a peaceful week. I wish it were actually even a little more busy, but you know, it was kind of like kind of easy going this week. That's good. Be careful yeah. what you wish for, but that's, that's true. Good. That's true. I um, so I'm happy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, it's gonna get warmer too. The weather, at least out here in Los Angeles, Ooh. I I check the weather too because that always sets my mood too. If it's too hot, yes. I can't. It's just like I physically, mentally can't get through it. But maybe that's why I was in a good mood because it was cool this it week. Was it nice was nice and cool. So that's cool. the blessing. Oh. I love. being cold yeah I just like that feeling um you know but it was it's been beautiful like this week like I'm not gonna lie it's been nice I've been getting out you know we get we go on our drives and um like I enjoy those days because you're just out and like you know um is there any shows that you're watching that are just like holding your attention like right now um me and my daughter have started watching our the drag race, RuPaul's Drag Race season 12. Right. So that's our that. tradition. Um, so that's always entertaining. I mean, those girls are just entertaining. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is I started watching Upload, which it's just entertaining. It's not like I'm saying groundbreaking, but it's mm-hmm. it's, it's an interesting show. I mean, it I think is. I the give concept. It- I give it points for being like kind of like original, 
yeah. because it does make you think, but I think it makes me think a little too hard because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm stressed out, like trying to figure out this guy's life. You know what I mean? I'm like, what would it be like? What, it, what would it be like if that was me? You know, I was just like, like, does it suck or is it great? I can't, I can't decide if it's good to be there or not. Right? You don't know. You're like, what I want. Yeah. There and then just- it's like, do I want to have the thoughts? <laughs> do I want to have these thoughts right now? Like, is it helpful? Like, so, um, like I, like I've said before, I'm a reality show junkie. And so like, I really look forward to certain reality shows, not all of them now, because sometimes I just, the fighting, I just can't, it's just stressing me out too. But like just certain dramas, like, wow, this is a good, this is good TV, you know, the drama. So I've been looking forward to that. I am all about the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Like uh-huh. I, 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 I joke that I get my news from there, but, um, <laughs> but it's just like because he says things so, so um, cleverly, you know. And um, yeah, I feel like I've gotten my fill like of news when I watch Trevor Noah. He's so funny. Um, the show that I'm looking forward to is Joe Coy's. Uh, new comedy act, it, and it's, I've been waiting a year for this because I remember wow. last year he was talking about how he went to the he's in the Philippines right now, and I'm like, oh my god, I want to see that show and see how he plays in the Philippines, and that's June 12th. June 12th. This is not a sponsored uh, <laughs> plug. I just <laughs> I want to have something to look forward to. I used to look forward to like movie movie yeah. um, movies that are coming out and. Right now, they would be advertising blockbuster video, uh, blockbuster movies right now, and there's none. So I need to have something to look forward to in my life. Today's um, topic is about mental health. May is Mental Health Awareness um, Month. So if you follow us on Instagram, I've been posting some stories that people have been sharing, including mine. Um, on our Instagram, just to kind of open up the conversation. Um, I loved a lot of those, by the way. I was just like, wow, you know, you didn't, made you not feel alone. And there's different types. Like, there's just not one yes. thing. Um, so, some really quick um, stats that I was able to find. I was trying to find some recent ones, like 2019, and it was very hard to find either like something that was good, something I felt that it was like a good source. So I, I found this one um, on uh, NBC News and they're talking about um, Asian American Pacific Islanders uh, and about uh, suicide rates. And um, ages 15 to 19, suicide is the leading cause of death in the year 2016 basing that on CDC data. So NBC News was reporting on CDC data um, that, and they were saying that some of it could be pressure to exceed and to achieve all these things, but most of it is isolation. So just feeling isolated. I could see that isolation could be, you know, one of the causes of suicide. But I think also just mental health, um, in my experience, is just not talked about freely in in Asian American families. Very I don't true. Feel. Hispanic, don't. Hispanic families too. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't believe a lot of them don't believe in mental 
health, like that there's an issue with, you know, that that's right. just, you're just, you know, it's always, so yeah, it's very big in minority. Fa- I think mm-hmm. probably minority families. Yeah. Because they, it's like, it's yeah. like life is hard. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and life is hard. Never told you that life is easy. Yeah. So just get over it, yeah, you know, get over, get over yourself. And I get that, you know, um, but um, I think it's not that clear cut. I really don't think it's clear cut. I just wonder how would life would be if we were, if we talked openly about it, you know, um, with our kids and our children. So um, I want to preface this with, we're not experts. We're not doctors, nor are we a therapist or anything like that. We joke, we joke that we're therapy, but we're, we're not. So I thought <laughs> the best way I wanted to talk about mental health because of May's mental health awareness month, as well as I think it's part of the, the mission of our podcast is to share stories and to empower people or inspire people or just make people think. So we're not going to spout a bunch of like advice about how you should deal with it. But I think what's more valuable is just sharing personal stories about it. And there's many, many stories as you can check out our, our, our Instagram um, and um, check out some of the stories that I posted on there. But um, uh, I guess I'll start my personal story and I'll try to make it short because I don't want it to be so long, but um so my personal story is I've always been that kid that was very, um, uh, like I was always in my journals. Like I, I've had a diary since I was in third grade, um, the one with the lock. And I remember my cousin like actually finding it and thought it was hilarious. I'm like, okay, those locks don't really work. That's how I figured it out. <laughs> I think I might even still have that. It was had a teddy bear on it. I remember, but I was so happy to get that damn diary. Um, But um, so I've always been in touch with like how I feel about things, because in my my family, it's like they didn't really have time to ask you how you felt about things. It's like, actually, it's not a democracy. You just do it. You know, like you don't like it. Oh, well, like that's how I like that. That's how life is. So I already know how life is because my uh, that's how I grew up looking back at all the journals I wrote, because there was one time I did look at all of them and whoa, I must have been really depressed or stressed because it's so sad. All the things I wrote in there. So um, I continue that. I've always continued to do that. I think I journal less because I do it in a different way. Like I deal with it in different ways. But so there was, so there was always been a time of being like always battling just like a mild case of being depressed and all this. But when I grew, like, I think in my thirties, um, I think it was just a compilation of just a comparison game again. Like I don't have kids. I don't have a house. My friends are getting married. I'm not even married yet. You know, like all these things. And then it became down to, um, dealing with fertility issues. And that's when it really hit me the hardest. And not only that I had, was dealing with a lot of loss, a lot of death and all this, and it was a work and everything just compiles. And what I guess I want to say is the depression came without me knowing. Like it was just part of who I was. But when it really hit me um, and I had these certain symptoms. So I went to the doctors, just a regular physical checkup. And she asked me a question that I don't remember because I didn't realize how out of it I was. 
And then I just started tearing up. I just, the, the tears were rolling down, but I felt no pain. I felt no sadness. And it freaked me out because I was like, doctor, this keeps on happening. Wow. I'll be sitting in my car at a stoplight and just tears will come. And I was like, and so she, you know, asked me all these questions and she's like, yeah, you're mild to moderate, you know, clinically depressed. And so um, at that moment, I was like, oh, this is just not feeling stress. And this is not just feeling sad. It's like a real thing. And um, um, I was like, yeah, I need help because I don't want to be this way. I'm not even this person. Like, who am I? Um, but I could recognize that I became this person. Like, you, it's like something that you've just grown accustomed to being. And then there was a time, so I, I took some medication for a short time. Um, it feels like you're underwater. It felt like, um, I don't know if you've ever like swam to the deep side in the pool or the ocean, and then you're trying to, you're running out of air and you're trying to like get to the surface in time. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like you're almost going to drown. That's what it felt like for me. Like every day felt like I was right above the surface, but not yet there yeah. gasping for air until I took the medicine. And after a month of taking it, it, would, it was very scary because all of a sudden I just didn't, I didn't feel happy. Yeah. I just felt like I wasn't drowning. It's a very, yeah. it's a different, I don't know how to explain it, but that's the best way I can describe it. And I'm like, I believe it was Zoloft. And like, I was like, like it doesn't make I, you happy, but it just makes you feel nothing. Like you feel nothing. I, you feel no pain, no nothing. I don't know how to, even if that explains, I just remember, it just didn't feel like I was struggling, but it didn't make me feel happy. You know, it didn't make me feel happy. I just felt like I could deal. I could yeah. deal, but I wouldn't cry uncontrollably. I wouldn't like, um, exhibit all these behavior that I was exhibiting. Um, and then I went to, um, they offered like, you should go, you could either talk to somebody one-on-one -on -one, or you could go to these like, uh, like self-care, like group sessions. And because of the, there, there was not enough, like I couldn't see anybody right away. They're like, they're, they're booked. I was like, I'll just, I, I'm a type of person that likes to like, check off things off a box. So I'm just like, no, I need to get this done now. Like, I don't have time for that. I need to go and uh, just do this now. So I signed up for every class that I thought that I could. I signed up for a depression class and everybody was in there depressed about things that were legit. Like, yeah, it was, it brought me actually down. And I was like, oh. I don't need to bring myself more down and then feel guilty for being there because yeah. I don't have the problems that people have. So um, I ended up going to like a stress class, which is related because they said a lot of times stress will cause depression or vice versa. Depression will cause stress. So when I went through that, it actually helped me and gave me tools um, because I was mildly, moderately clinically depressed. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to rely on, on medication because I'm really bad about just taking medicine, period. And so once I felt better and which I shouldn't have done, I got, uh, I just stopped taking it. Cause I was just like, I don't want to get addicted. And, yeah. and, but it was, it wasn't even like, like it wasn't making me happy. It wasn't like, woohoo. You know, it was like, 
okay, now you don't feel like you're drowning. Now you can have a clear head. So that is my experience with depression amongst all the other stories that I have. But that one was the one that hit me the hardest because I actually had felt like I needed to seek help. And when I would tell, um, it's funny, I would tell people, it wasn't like I was telling the world like I am right now. Um, I would share with people some of that and they would actually share with me. So that was kind of good about reaching out and but knowing who to trust with your story. And they're like, yeah, I went through the same thing or I'm on medication now. And it did make you feel like, okay, you're not alone in it. I'll end it with this. So when this all happened, my I think what hit the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was my mom went into the hospital to get a liver transplant. Um, long story with that one, um, why my, my mom had to get a liver transplant. But um, that was very stressful because I just lost my father and I was like, oh, heck no, I don't want to lose both my parents, you know, right now. And then it was just a very stressful situation. So that kind of straw hit the camel's back. And I remember having conversations with my brother in the parking lot of the UCLA hospital medical building because I was telling him I was how I was feeling. And he was like, I get it. I feel the same way too. And I'm like, and, and we talked about seeking help, not together, but separately. And so I did when my mom got out of her surgery and everything, and she was actually loopy. So I'll give her that. So it's not very fair to say, but I was like thinking back on it. Like, yeah, she was in the hospital, just had a liver transplant, was on freaking like all these crazy medications. I was like, but I felt like at that we could have a conversation. I was like, yeah, mom, I'm, uh, I went to the doctors and I'm clinically depressed and I'm going to, I'm on medication now and I'm going to go seek professional help. And she was just like, that's good. That's good. Take care of it. Handle it. Yeah. You know? And like I said, in her defense, she was in the hospital. Yeah. Like fighting for her life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. it never came up. Like it never came up after that. Like, you know, never was like, Hey, are you doing like, are you feeling better? I think it's a very uncomfortable situation for my mom to talk about for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that probably for some people, especially for our parents, maybe they're not sure how to broach the subject and they don't know if what they say maybe is going to bring up bad memories or make you spiral down further. I'm just throwing yeah, it out there. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know because they don't tell don't us, right? They yeah, don't say yeah. anything. Um, for example, like a couple of years ago, I had major breakdown um, on Mother's Day. Maybe that's why I have a, a reverse reaction to Mother's Day from then on because mm. it was I didn't have that, and I was uh, struggling. My brother was going through some really bad stuff, and I was crying for him, and I felt frustrated because um, I felt at that time who was checking on on me. You know, I'm checking in on everybody else, and who's checking in on me? And I just got mad and I got frustrated my mom comes out of her room and she says that's great nobody wants to say mother's happy mother's day to me I was like <laughs> I was and that set me off because I was like you don't you don't see that I'm crying yeah. I'm screaming and shouting and you don't see me physically crying and all you care about is I didn't say happy mother's day to you although I did text you that morning yeah I'm here at your house. I, br I brought Chinese food. Like, I'm here. Like, I've already proven it yeah. already. I think I even gave her a card, too. I gave her a card. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
you're mad because I didn't say happy Mother's Day to you, although I'm in tears and crying and I'm going through yeah. all this stuff. And um, I, that's an example. That's an yes. example yeah. of yeah. not seeing me. You're not yeah. seeing me. Um, and I think maybe, maybe that's why some people feel that they can't come to their parents yeah. about these things. Oh, for so sure. That, yeah. So that's for my sure. little, that's my little story. I didn't want to no, go into it too much, but, that. but it's as, rough. As, it's hard. It's rough and it's hard. And this is coming from a person that's, you know, pretty positive about life, positive about people. Um, I have the tools, yeah. you know, like I do a lot of things to help me get through whatever thing I'm getting through, but you could still, it doesn't make you, it doesn't make you weak if you go through this. I just want to make that clear that it doesn't make you weak. And I'll talk about what you, what maybe some steps you should do next. But um, so what's your story, Jade? Well, let me ask you though, before I get into my story, yeah. do you think that your mom coming out and say that, saying that, do you think she was trying to like, she realized how serious the situation was and maybe she was trying to like throw everybody off. I, I wasn't the right thing. I'm not saying, I'm saying, do you think that maybe she was trying to, in her way, make every make it kind of go away in her way because she she realized the situation was serious and she just kind of came out. Sometimes I really honestly feel like I am not seen in my own family. Mm-hmm. Um, they perceive me as the drama queen in the family. Yeah. I really feel like because she was going through her own stress. Yeah, she was about to yeah. go ha- go on a plane to the Philippines. Her brother had just been diagnosed uh, with having cancer. And I believe that he, maybe he was going to have surgery or something like that, where she had to go to the Philippines right away. And it just so happened that it was, everything was happening all at the same time. My brother was going through his thing. My mom was going through her thing. I was going through my thing, but I had enough grace and like compassion for both Mm -hmm. of them. And I felt nobody had it for me. I see. And that. I always feel that way in groups because yeah. I always feel like they're like, but you, you have a better life than I'm going through. Like, yeah, you don't have anything to work to, to complain about G because you're this. That's why I feel like that's not fair to the person that's going through something like you can't just because you're a positive person doesn't mean you don't go through the really heavy stuff. Yeah. So never. No, I agree. It's like less than what somebody else is going through because I didn't mention it before, but there was there. One of the questions that the the doctor had said is like, do you have thoughts of suicide or ideations? And at that moment, I like said, yeah, like I have, but not not today. Yeah. I was like, not this week, because it would kind of flow through my mind. And in a sense that you didn't feel sad, you didn't feel angry, you didn't cry when you're thinking about it. It's like it's scary because you're planning it like as if you're yeah. planning a party. That's how, that's how I can explain, except without the excitement. You're not excited yeah. about killing yourself. You're just like, it's going to happen. Yeah. And you're planning. How is it going to yeah. happen? Where is it going to happen? Who are you going to tell? What notes are you going to leave behind? Like, I was having these thoughts, and luckily I told my husband. Yeah. Because I couldn't go to sleep. That was another thing. I wasn't sleeping. And I was just like, what kind of... Dr- what kind of drugs do we have in the house? You know what I mean? I was like, 
are these yeah. drugs, if I take a lot of them, will they make me go to sleep or they just make me go to the hospital? Because I was literally yeah. thinking like, I don't want to go to the hospital <laughs> or they have to pump my stomach. Like, I don't want any yeah. pain. Like, yeah. these are the thoughts that I'm having. And so uh, I couldn't go to sleep. My husband was like, I'm going to have to call the police. Yeah. And um, they're going to have to bring you to the hospital. Like, first of all, he's like, I'm going to have to bring you to the hospital. But he, of course, there's no way, shape and form. I'm going to the hospital. Yeah. So he was like, okay, then I'm going to have to call the police and they're going to have to take you to the hospital. And so I thought that was so, I was mad when he said that. Like, how dare you say that when I'm telling you this serious thing? And I felt like he was joking around, but he wasn't. And now that I look on it, he wasn't joking. Um, He was like, you're going to do it. Then this is what's going to happen. Uh, I imagine how scared he must have felt in that Maybe. Moment. He didn't yeah. look like it. Yeah. I felt like he was being an asshole, honestly. I was like, yeah. of course, of ass. course. That was your, yeah, yeah. But like, what is he going to do? Show me where all the drugs are? I don't <laughs> I know. know. Here, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> here you go. Here, let me know. Yeah. Here, take 20 of these and then you should be okay. <laughs> Call me in like, the morning. Call that's me true. <laughs> like, what was I thinking? Maybe it was my yeah. cry for help, like that I didn't know. It definitely was. Definitely was. So anyway, um, never assume you're ha- the happiest person, the, the most together person, the most envious person that you think of has the has the the perfect you know situation. Everybody's going through something. I hear that, girl. I do hear that. Um, my situation was a bit different. I actually didn't realize that I had it. But after my Mm -hmm. daughter, I suffered postpartum. Um, I didn't correlate with what I was feeling with postpartum. And I didn't think about speaking to anybody about it, like a doctor, because I didn't know what it was. And like, like we talked about, no one in our family talked about those things. No, you just don't. In your pre, in your prenatal like classes, do they talk about that? You know, they do, but you don't think that it's, you don't know what it is, right? Nobody tells you what it is. You, right. I, I always thought of it as I'm going to feel like killing my child in my, mm-hmm. you know, when I talk about it, like, oh, so I'm going to have these thoughts that I want to hurt my child. But w- what was weird is I didn't have those feelings of wanting to hurt her. I just had a lot of resentment and anger towards her. Um, and I just didn't. And the more that, at the, you know, the more that my ex would get on me about, why wasn't dinner ready? Why was, why were you in the same clothes? Mm-hmm. Why are you sitting in the same position? Right. Because he raised his first son on his own. So yeah. he, he could do everything and he didn't understand. He, he's, but he never had to go to the hormonal change. No, he didn't. And that is a real thing. It's scary. Hormonal change. Yeah. And like that. So, and then I felt like he was redirecting you know, his, his love and his mm. care and his attention to my daughter. Yeah. And nothing I did was ever good enough. And everything, you know, everything she did was perfect. Now, granted, mm-hmm. of course, when you look at that, I know that sounds terrible, but when you're in that situation, yeah. you just feel like, what am I doing? I'm doing everything I can. And then you don't, I didn't want to like get bond with her. I didn't want to, you know, he took care of everything. He showered her. I mean, you know, mm. I helped, but I felt like it's kind of like a blur. I was kind of like in a mental fog. I realized during mm. that time, it's like, I just was, um, going through the motions, you know, um, the problem, I, it, it, a lot of things were happening at that time. So this is what was hard is 
I didn't know that I was going through that because I was also going through, you know, I had a C-section, you know, I was in oh, pain. Gosh. Yeah. I, it was painful. That, that alone, that alone, just like your body just being like totally yes. just and ripped out of you. <laughs> added to that, I had an allergic reaction to one of the drugs they gave me while I was oh, really? giving birth. Yes. And I didn't know what it was. I and mean, we never figured it out. I, I figured oh, three God. of them, but in the hospital, they noticed like these, this redness happening. Okay. Like, I was like, was this? it like a rash or irritation? Yeah, it started like a red, it looked like a sunburn at first. And then yeah. the, the nurses were like, oh, this is, this is weird, you know, but didn't come out. So nobody thought anything, but when I got home, girl, oh, the, the hives broke Ow. out. Oh no. It was the hottest fall and winter. I swear, like in the history of the world, so it was <laughs> sweaty. It exacerbated the issue and it was horrible. Like I was, itch- I couldn't take medication because I was breastfeeding her. So I couldn't take anything to, to cure the allergy that was in my body. Mm-hmm. And so, but then we lived with this um, older friend of my ex because we were helping each other financially. Mm-hmm. But the pro- that added to my stress because because he was older, he would forget to lock doors. Oh God! Leave the stove on. Oh and no! So, yes, and so I felt like in fear of my life. Like at the time, I felt like maybe I'm irrational because I'm a scary cat, sort of. But I would literally be listening to him to hear like when he left. So I would go follow, go lock the door, go check the stove. Like I, I felt like I was on eggshells. Like I was. It was a horrible, horrible time. Yeah. So you know that coupled with you know, him getting on me about not doing stuff. And she cried all the time. I didn't have no help to girl. I had, mm-hmm. I wasn't blessed with like, like a mom who would, who came over and stayed with me. Cause we didn't have any place for people to stay. Right. So, you know, none of my family came over to help me. My mom didn't come over to help me. So it was really difficult, like to feel alone when my ex would go to work and the house was empty and I, I just, I didn't know what to do. I wasn't motherly. I wasn't, that's not my, I didn't take care of kids. I wasn't around kids. I didn't know anything about how to be a mom. And here I was in pain, fearing for my life, you know, um, suffering these physical, physical crap. And I felt alone, you know, I felt like a failure and it was, it was, uh, and I, the only way I turned that around, I think I, like right before her first birthday celebration, mm-hmm. I told myself, you know what? I got to change my attitude. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to change my outlook. Like I can't, I can't keep doing this. You know, I already, the regret I feel of the year that I missed of her mm-hmm. life, I'll never get over that. Like mm-hmm. that will always be with me. But I have chosen from that moment on to not regret those things and to be the mother that they needed me to be. But girl, it was. No, that's real. That's a real thing. Um, I think only recently maybe people are acknowledging that's a real thing. Postpartum depression, not just like you're depressed because you just had your kid and your body changed. It's like, it's a chemical thing. It's a hormonal thing. It's nothing you wish on yourself. It's not like you realize like, and you don't, well, that's what's scary about depression is it's like, like I said, it creeps up on you and you're like, whoa, (sighs) I, I guess this is more than the blues, you know, when yes. you have the blues, 
it's like it's over obviously that was depression because it was over a long period of time that you thought maybe because maybe the expectation of like what you thought it was going to be that's exactly what it was. I was, I, that's like, what I forgot to say. I, I romanticized uh-huh. the whole, pre- you know, I romanticized pregnancy. It was going to be this wonderful, fabulous mm-hmm. thing. And whoa, you know, and it was for eight months. <laughs> that that yeah. uh, Nine months on, it was yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, that was the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was a nightmare. <laughs> but yeah. yeah I can was... just imagine. Like, I just <sighs> can't even, Man. I mean... Yeah, and I felt like, alone. Like you did. So, like you feel alone. So that that's a the the question I was going to ask was like, who was your support system? Like, did you reach out to other moms? I mean, I always feel like when I was a mom for a brief moment of time when I had my foster kids, it was just so easy to like bond with other moms. Like it was so cool because yeah. I was like, you know, like the one thing you have in common is you have kids together, right? Like so like. And moms love giving advice. They love supporting each other. It's a beautiful thing. But I was just like, so that's what I would be thinking, I guess. I don't know, because I've never gone through it. But I'm just like, okay, who else? Who do I know that's gone through this? I need to reach out to them. Did you ever think, I know this this one person that went through this, was going, went through this postpartum thing. Yeah. Can I reach out to them and ask and talk to them? You know, I, I didn't, because I didn't realize that's what was happening to me. And you know me, I'm the type that, that holds on to my issues. You know, Mm -hmm. the only way, you know, something's happening with me is if I go dark, like, you know, you don't, Mm -hmm. you can't find me, you don't hear from me. And I just kept it to myself. I mean, well, I think most, I think most moms do. Like I said, it wasn't only until I started sharing my story with people that I felt safe with. Uh, then I real again, I have a friend and I was uh, at that time I was a photographer and she asked me to take pictures of, you know, her and her, her, her baby. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, as a photographer, when I ran my business, I always like to be very personal with people. And so just learning more about what they're going through helps me actually take the pictures. <clears throat> so I I had shared with her because she was a friend of mine too, that, you know, what I was going through and that I was struggling. And she opened up to me and told me things about her post that she was going through postpartum. You look at this person, they got it together. They're very positive, you know, and it's like, wow, they're going through it too. And it was not until I shared it, people feel safe to actually share their story. You know, I have to agree with you there because after later year, you know, as time went by, I did mention it because I kind of kept it to myself. I was like, you know, because who, you know, like you said, where our family is, you don't talk about it. You know, you just kind of keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. So after I did begin to share it with a couple of other people, they also shared their, what they went through. I'm like, oh, so it is a thing, you know, this mm-hmm. is like a thing. More women go through it than we realize, but we have just been you like, gotta, like, programmed to it's not It's all about, anything. you know, it's about this whole super mom thing, which I don't believe in. I never want to be any super anything because I don't believe that's true. I yeah. think something suffers when you, you want, I want to be the super mom, the super anything, the super teacher. I'm like, super means that you just kill yourself trying to yeah. hold this thing up. And um, I think, like I said, when I was a mom for those brief, that brief year, I could see how, uh, the bond of moms is so easy, you know, 
And it's like, wow, like you can literally like even when you're not asking for help, moms tell you like they tell give you <laughs> advice. And you're like, I didn't ask you, but thanks. Um, so uh I think, you know, I think more friends need to share that. Um, it just I guess tells me either A, there's this expectation that people have to uphold and they feel like they can't share it or yeah. you have to uphold like the super mom perfectionist kind of thing. And like, maybe we need to stop doing that. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people can, can relate to that. And I think it's something that still needs to be talked to more about. Definitely. I'm surprised that they don't have a support group at the hospital to talk about, not even about, Oh, let's talk about our postpartum. Just like, how are you doing? Kind of thing. Yeah. I wanted to take this moment of time. I'm just not talking about what you guys should do because we're not, we're not any professionals at all. We just wanted to share our stories. So one of the ways, things that we could do is raise awareness by telling stories. So we do it, we do it on this podcast by sharing our stories. And um, like Jade said, like, this is her self-care mental health uh, (laughs) moment, you know? Um, And it's also mine. Um, um, dabble with some art and art could be anything from music, writing, painting, drawing, whatever, photography, photography, scrapbooking, planning, planning, doing, it's like all those things that help you cope with your just mind and body, I think is good. Um, sharing an article to spark discussion, you know, maybe I should have shared an article with my mom and like, uh talk about it like not like me but like let's just talk yeah. about it because we don't know why our parents don't like to talk about these things we don't know why we don't um but I, I talk I ask you about the support system because I think that's I think it's a great resource and they're usually led by people that know what they're talking about too so yeah. go out and check reach out to your uh you know your health care and see if they have a support group, um, a workshop, um, a meetup that has, that you can share in a a safe space. Um, with the understanding that your husband may or may not understand, like, you know, and and don't expect them to be understanding. Be okay with that because you and I can attest. Yeah, no, my husband's a lot of, a lot of things, but dealing with those kind of sensitive things are not his forte. Yeah. You know, because he comes from a place of helping. Like, just tell me what I need to do to help you, and yeah. I will make it happen. And when there's nothing that is like concrete, it's very hard for, yeah. Say your your spouses or significant yeah. others to help you. Do not expect it's going to come from them. It's not fair to expect it, it from is. them. And I have to say, I don't know if it was clear, but my husband now is very supportive. This is my ex-husband, who is a great, wonderful yeah. father. We just didn't get along as a married couple. But I mean, people yeah, just have different per- per- yeah, yeah. perceptions, right? Like people often come from a place of their understanding yes. instead of objectively, like just, I just listening to you just to listen. They come from, well, that doesn't, that's not true for me. So I don't, I'm not sure. It's like, that's not helpful. <laughs> Like, and that's probably the person that you might not want to go to. Um, they have, well, they have good intentions, but it's, it's, it makes you feel shameful and like, what's wrong with me kind of thing. Um, reach out to others that you think might be struggling and vice versa. Um, 
And if you know somebody that's going through this, encourage them to seek professional help. I mean, but thankfully the thing was, it wasn't horrible. And my mom's like, that's great. Handle it. I was actually happy that she said that. Like she didn't say something like you're crazy, you know, like, what are you talking about? What do you, what do you have to, to be depressed about in her way? It was her way of supporting me, but not, you know, going the full force of like talking about it. Um, you were lucky because I have to say <laughs> my, when my ex, when I told my ex, I wanted to go to classes to learn latching, you know, that's when the baby oh, latches God, yes. the ball. Yeah. Okay. His, I know a lot of people that had said, to go through that. He believed that was all hokey <laughs> and that is ridiculous. Women since the beginning of time, it's a natural thing. And babies just know, you just put them on there How and they you just know? know what to do. Exactly. <laughs> No, I think in the past, women just suck it up and just figure out and just suffer in silence. I think now they're just being more supportive. And yeah, they do have that, what, lactating nurse, whatever, right? Yeah. That's a real, I've known so many moms that are friends of mine that had to go through that. And it's like, it's nothing wrong with them. Thank you. They're Thank fully you. educated. <laughs> These are people that are educated, know things, but it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just not feed your baby? I mean, that's the other thing, right? You suffer yeah. in silence. You go through the pain and like, and the guilt and the shame and the, all the things. Yes. Yeah. So moms, you have it. That's, that's a whole other, you know, you, it's the suffering and silence. And I think that's why the martyr martyrism comes from. And then you pass that on to your daughters. Yes. I went through it. Suck it up. I think that's yeah. where it comes from. All right. Um, so Any more helpful tips. I like those. Those are really good. Those are I just some that, things that where I. Where were you? Where, where was these? Where were these <laughs> tips when I was happening? You know to me? <laughs> I, I, you know, I did end up, you know, uh, researching some stuff, um, but I, I, I decided that I'm not going to share them with anybody because yeah. you can Google it. But the yeah. best, the best uh, thing that I uh, advice that I could offer is to get professional help whether it be in a support group, whether it be talking to your doctor, whether it be, you know, and um, it's, I I feel uncomfortable seeing like, these are the things you should do because this one article said, I'm like, what's helped me, what's helped me is to share my story and you could share it by speaking. You could share it by writing. You could share share it somewhere and share it with somebody that you trust. Maybe they went through it before. That was that was the best thing for me because I did walk away feeling a little bit better knowing that somebody heard me. Um, yeah. And then um, reaching out to others that, you know, may or may not have gone through it. Um, a lot of moms out there have gone through it that I know of. So, but it's just not spoken very freely because I see it with my friends. It's kind of like, it's just what moms do. You know, it's just like, it's kind of a badge of honor. And I just want to say, like, stop it. Like, like you yeah. have the crown. No one's taking away your crown. <laughs> but there's nothing honoring that just saying that we just suck it up and we just do it because that at the expense of your mental health is going to affect your kids. Why? Because that shit builds up and it comes out of nowhere and you're like, what the hell? And then you take you unknowingly either take from your kids or take it out on your kids. So you might think you're being brave by sucking it up and just gritting your teeth. But that is, if you don't help yourself, you can't help anybody. Do you know the funny thing about that though is, is 
whenever I, you know, someone I know has a baby and I'm, I'm always like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be there. Cause I knew what it was like not to have anybody. And, and, and I talked to them about, well, you know, you should take time for yourself, you know, and when, it, when the husband comes home, go out for five minutes, take a walk, do mm-hmm. go out, have you time. Yeah. You know, I say all that. And what's funny is none of the, none of the people that I've talked to have any sort of depression. I'm like, well, that, I mean, that's great. I'm happy for them, but it's funny. Cause I'm like, I get, then you feel like you're the only one, I guess I was the only one in my circle that suffered all this, you know, and it made me feel stupid, but no, I mean, that's just a funny again, thing, because yeah. moms, it's the comparison game. You moms don't want to call themselves out. There's very rare. That's mm-hmm. I said. I'm like, I didn't, I knew who to talk to that would be honest about it. And, um, um, I guess I know about these things because maybe I was very close to this person, these people, but generally speaking, I know more people go through it than they want to reveal. Well, what are your thoughts on mental health? What are some resources that we can look into and share with our listeners? If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us so we can gain more visibility and be seen by listeners like you. We'd love to hear from you. Leave a comment on our social media pages like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for The Coconut Connection. Our handles are in the show's notes. Or you can email us at coconutconnection2@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So it's something that moms don't share. Moms well, don't share that story with think, everybody. I think you forget, G, that I have no friends. So that there, there is the number one. That's a, that's that's a different problem. problem. That's a different problem. <laughs> that, that was the problem. <laughs> that's why I couldn't talk to anybody because I didn't know anybody. Well, I can't talk to you because I, I, this is what I know about moms too. Now we're going off tangent, but I know moms don't want to hear from people that are not moms. <laughs> so I was like, I already saw, I saw the depression. I saw this and that in you already. And just the paranoia, the paranoia of not going out, the the windows, the shutters being closed, you know, and all this stuff. And I already saw that, but who am I to say, who am I to say, you know, I think you're going through this. Like it would have been nice at the time to have that mom support or, you know, mom family support, you know, Mm -hmm. that had been through it. So I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't think you're the only person in the family that has ever gone through it. I know that for a fact. Thank you for listening to our podcast, The Coconut Connection. I'm Jade. And I'm G. Until next time, try smize. No stink eye. Stay woke, not broke. Peace.